Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, what a weekend that was. What a way to kick off 2022. The Utes play an incredibly entertaining game. Had a chance, obviously, to win. Had multiple chances to win when you're up by 14 points. Not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. Well, you had your chances to win. But they couldn't do it. They couldn't get stops. Ohio State figured, hey, wait a minute, why are we running the ball? Why don't we throw the ball? And why don't we make sure we don't throw at their best defensive back? Because everybody else is on roller skates back there. So, heck of a game. Wildly entertaining. Bitterly disappointed to lose at the end. You know, what could have been done down the stretch differently? Um, Kyle played the odds. But he had the weaker hand. So I think that, you know, if you want to go back and second guess, something had to be done to flip the odds. Uh, there were multiple choices there. He talked about a couple of them in the post game. You'll hear that coming up. Uh, go for two and put the pressure on them so they're playing behind instead of tied so they can be a little loose. Hey, if we don't get it here, we can get it in overtime. But we got time to get it here. Uh, onside the kick, so you can get the ball back so you never put them on the field. Are the odds against you? Yes. But you're playing the weaker hand. So... You need something, you know, you, you need to get a little lucky. You need something to come up right. Um, obviously, timeouts. I think that's one most people are going, hey, use the timeouts. Which, you know, if you use a timeout on second down and then you get a sack on third down, maybe you have helped them. Uh, so that's why Kyle said he didn't do that. And then I think the other thing is let him score. And I think that combination of go for the onside kick, see if you get it. If not, they got a short field to score on, but you're more likely to get the ball back. And let them score once they're down inside the 20. Don't stop them. Don't let them run the clock down like that. Would any of those things worked? My guess is no. But, uh, you know, roll the dice and, you know, second guess on the radio, which is what we're doing now. Um, so many great plays in that game. The entertainment factor, oh my gosh, it was outstanding. And as Kyle is going to tell you coming up next, the arrow's up. I mean, they're losing some impact players. They're losing Britton Covey and they're losing Devin Lloyd. But uh, as Kyle's going to tell you, 72 guys coming back as freshmen or sophomore. Holy cow. Team's going to be young again. But Cam Rising's got experience now. They open the season with the Gators, Florida, in the swamp. Looking forward to it already, even though it's... Uh, Eight long months away. All right. That was the uh, football and basketball. We got the best of the Jazz postgame show coming up. Man, the Jazz played well, and the Warriors looked great. That was an outstanding third quarter by the Jazz. They had the lead. They had momentum going into the fourth quarter, and the Warriors didn't blink. And that's the Warriors without Draymond Green. That's the Warriors without Klay Thompson. Wiggins, my gosh, has he grown up or what? Have And... and I mean, the Warriors, they, they've they coached up several young guys there. But Wiggins, to me, is the one that stands out because I think Wiggins is the one who's going to have to play big minutes in the playoffs at the end of games. And he was the second option against the Jazz. The pressure will be greater in the playoffs, obviously. But he could be the third or fourth option there. So the Warriors, they look awfully good, man. They're winning 80% of the games. they got the best record in the NBA by a half game over the Suns, two and a half over the Jazz. And they're going to get some really good players back. <laughs> they're going to get better. And they're 3-1 and one against the Jazz and Suns this year. How are the Warriors not the heavy favorite right now? And I know there's a long way to go, and we don't know who's going to be healthy, and we've seen health flip during the NBA Finals and change the outcome of the Finals. So it's not like anything's written in stone, because it isn't. But man, do the Warriors look good right now. Got the best of the postgame show coming up. And then there's the NFL playoffs. Down to the final week. 
There are some big games. There are flexing games left and right. The Raiders and Chargers are going to have a one-and-done. Who gets an AFC wild card and who goes home? They're going to play Sunday night in primetime on NBC. Chiefs and Broncos are Saturday. So are the Cowboys and Eagles. ESPN and ABC getting a doubleheader on Saturday. The Cowboys, and that was not impressive, and that lost to Arizona. Good grief. They are really mediocre when they get outside the division. That division's bad, and they dominate the division. They've deserved to win the division. But they're not going to be playing playoff games inside the division. And that Arizona team, that could easily be the wild card weekend matchup. Not sure I feel real good right now if I were the Cowboys. Man, the uh, the Vikings were shorthanded, so Green Bay just mauled them. The Bucks really sweating with the Jets. Zach Wilson has been playing better the last four to six weeks, without question. And he had them up 24 to 10. I don't know what they were doing on the quarterback sneak at the end of the game. That did not make any sense to me whatsoever. None. Quarterback sneak. Kick a field goal and go up by seven. Run that end around. You had the guy in motion. Run that fly sweep there and see if you get the first down there. Just didn't make any sense to me. All right, we'll have more on the NFL coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, more from the Rose Bowl. Stay with us. Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, the Rose Bowl is in the books. It was thrilling. It was exciting. It was ultimately disappointing and frustrating. But uh, sounds like... Most of the fans went down there, thought it was worth the trip, and they had an awesome time. It would have only been better if they had found a way to beat Ohio State. They got that lead to two touchdowns so many times. And, you know, they forced the fumble in the end zone when it looked like Ohio State was about to score there late in the second quarter. And that was a pretty good drive. A touchdown there if you get up by three scores. You know, at some point, is Ohio State down far enough they give up? I don't know. Maybe it's just wishing. Boy, the one thing we learned for sure, well, two things. We knew that Ohio State had to replace a lot of receivers. We didn't know Utah was so thin in the defensive backfield. I mean, we knew it wasn't great, but we didn't know that Makai Bernard was going to be going on offense and defense, playing both sides of the ball. We didn't know that. Uh, and then even if they'd had their guys, it's hard to believe. Uh, I mean, Olave's great, right? But would he have played better than Marvin Harrison Jr.? I mean, that guy, three touchdown catches, he had a game. He played very well. So, I don't know. A lot of stuff to go over. We could spend the morning going over it. There was a, uh, a lot of things that happened in that game. After the game, uh, the press conference, which we're going to play for you right now, you'll hear from Devin Lloyd and from Britton Covey. Covey with the two touchdowns, caught the pass for the game's first score, and then had that electric kickoff return. That was just incredible. Um, he's going to get emotional here talking about what Utah means to him. You'll hear his voice crack. And you know how tight this team is because Devin Lloyd sees him starting to melt down. And you can't, you won't see it because obviously it's on the radio here, but in the video you could see Devin reach over and, you know, give him the fist, give him below the table there and kind of pick him up. And then you will hear him pick up the answer there so that Britain doesn't have to talk anymore and he can compose himself. Also, Kyle Whittingham at the podium. And while those guys are looking back, Kyle gets asked uh, by Josh Newman from the Trib to look ahead to next year and listen to the numbers he gives and listen to his take on next year's team. There are obviously some very good players to replace. There are also an astounding number of players returning. All right, here's the uh, podium. The press conference after Ohio State wins the Rose Bowl 48-45 with Devin Lloyd, Britton Covey, and head coach Kyle Whittingham. Sure, the fans and the networks got their money's worth out of that one. It was a heck of a football game. Give credit to Ohio State. Uh, They played exceptionally well, particularly on offense. Uh, That quarterback is terrific. Statistically the best in the country as far as uh, quarterback rating system, and he proved it tonight. 
Um, proud of our guys. Proud of our guys. They got absolutely nothing to hang their head about. They fought uh, entire 60 minutes, came up short, but uh, still made Utah football history this year, Pac-12 champions, which had never been done uh, in our program. And so I uh, told them that exact same thing in the locker room. They got nothing to hang their heads about. It's been a terrific season. Uh, yeah, we're all disappointed that we didn't win the game uh, this, this afternoon, but uh, that's how life goes. And so, again, give all the credit to uh, Ohio State. And uh, like I said, they're very talented, and uh, we just didn't have quite enough in the tank uh, tonight to get the job done. So, thank you, there Coach. You go. We're going to open up the floor for questions. Please raise your hand, and we'll have a mic run to you. And please state your name and media outlet when asking a question. We'll start right here in the front. Uh, Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Kyle, on the final Ohio State drive, you had all three timeouts. Was there any thought to using one or multiple of them? Yeah, if we could have got them behind the chains at least one time. But other than that, all we'd have been doing is helping their cause. You know, they were making first downs or second and short, and, and they only had one timeout left. So they had to – I didn't want to help them out. It was kind of a catch-22. But had we got them behind the chains, second and long, third and long, then uh, absolutely. And it was in the back of my mind. But, but the way the drive unfolded uh, – um, I don't know if we got him to third now one time, but but uh, it was uh, certainly in my mind. But when they only had one timeout, they couldn't afford to, you know, stopping the clock for them in certain scenarios, particularly in short yardage, would have been uh, detrimental. Okay, we have a question in the middle. Kyle, uh, Patrick Kinahan, The Zone Sports Network. I'm thinking I want to get your opinion on it. This quarterback, best you guys have faced maybe since Justin Herbert a couple years ago? I would say that's probably accurate. The kid is tremendous. Um, and like I said, the QBR, which is the quarterback uh, rating system that ESPN uses, which in my estimation is the most accurate and the most uh, telling of uh, statistics for, uh, for determining how well your quarterback's playing, he leads the nation. And I think you saw it tonight. Why? Okay, the question here in the green. Josh Furlong, KSL.com. Kyle, what happened with Cam Rising there? Did he get knocked out, or kind of, and how's he doing? Well, I don't think he ever lost consciousness. I wasn't there right when he hit the turf, obviously. I came out shortly thereafter. But uh, he's doing fine now, according to what uh, the post-game report was, um, unless something that we don't know about uh, you know, materializes. We, he should be okay. And uh, speaking of that, couldn't be more proud of what Bryson Barnes did when he came in, came into a tough situation, and led the team right down the field for the uh, tying touchdown. Uh, had an inclination to go for two right then, but uh, too much time left on the clock. Had there been under a minute, would have gone for two. That was the mindset. But they had a full two minutes, and uh, you know the analytics said not to do it either at that point. So, so we just went for one. But, but uh, Cam will be okay, and proud of Bryson Barnes for what he did. We have a question from the gentleman in the gray. Trevor on KSL Sports uh, for Britain and for Devin. Um, what are the emotions going through your head right now that now that you guys have played your last game as a U? Just uh, <clears throat> just a lot to take in. Um, it's starting to hit me finally. You know, I don't want to take my pads off. <laughs> um, I'm just proud of this team and this program, this university. I, I just have a great love for the University of Utah. And just, sorry. 
which is great. <laughs> yeah, um, just like Cubby was saying, um, it's obviously very frustrating, uh, especially coming up that short. But, you know, I think Coach Witt hit on the locker room. We've accomplished so much this year. And we banded together, you know, as a brotherhood, you know, this year. So it's obviously frustrating, very frustrating um, to come up this short. But that doesn't take away anything that we've accomplished this year and, you know, all the success that we've had this year. Let's have a question from uh, the gentleman in the back in the blue. Britton, this is uh, Kevin Nunn with BuckeyeScoop.com. Were you shocked that Ohio State kept kicking off to you and kind of walk us through your kickoff return? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I, I had an inkling that we might have a few opportunities this game just based off of sea level, how far he kicks it. Um, if you notice, after that kickoff return, they started kicking it short, trying to kick it to our up fullback. They kicked it out of bounds one time. So I think after that, they started to, you know, I was surprised that very last one, but then they kind of just played a prevent, kind of contain. Um, but that's usually what happens with returners is beginning of the season, first three or four games, you get some chances, and then after that, people stop kicking to you. So. Um, I think I think the only reason why is because we were at sea level or or wherever, and it doesn't travel as far. We have a question from Steve up front. For Kyle, Steve Futterman from CBS News. I, w I wanted to ask you. You brought this up about the idea of if the timing had been different, you might have gone for two. Was there any idea about trying to s milk the, the clock down so you would have that last chance, or was it just too much time left in your situation? Yeah, I know it's sort of a, a catch-22. You would like to slow right. it down, but you have momentum going. Yeah, the latter, uh, and with Bryson in there, very little experience. Uh, we don't want to put any more strategic stuff on his plate than we had to. And so, like I said, I thought he did a great job of engineering that drive, got us in the end zone. And, you know, at some point we got to play defense and we just didn't play very well all night long on defense. It wasn't our usual. And uh, thought, uh, thought sure we would be able to get a stop. And it all started with poor coverage on the kickoff. Our kickoff unit all night long uh, just wasn't up to, up to par where we needed to be. And, uh, put us in bad field position several times, and that was one of them, and unfortunately that was the game winner. We have a question up front here in the green, and then we'll go to the blue. Yeah, Kyle, obviously you had uh, Makai Bernard on both sides of the ball. Was there any any decision to have him play both there? And then also, how do you feel like that all went with having him as the starting corner? Well, we felt he was our best option at corner. You know, we had th three of our top four corners down, but that's you know no excuse because you got to play with who you got healthy. But Makai, we moved him over from running back. And again, we thought he was the best option after evaluating uh, things in practice. Uh, yeah, it was the plan to play him sparingly on offense. Uh, Full-time on defense, sparingly on O, and absolutely no special teams work with the exception of uh, he was the off-returner on kickoff return for the first couple. Then we subbed him out on that as well. But, but uh, yeah, Makai, uh, he gave us everything he had, and uh, we appreciate his courage for making that change. You know, he hadn't played defensive back since high school, and, and uh, to be willing to do that for us, uh, proud of him. Very proud of him. Question up here in the blue. Uh, two questions, Kyle, if you'll, if you'll bear with me. Um, you know it, you have some idea of what's coming back next season. You know what's coming in. Is there reason to believe that there could be a, a similar level of success next season, just knowing what you have? Well, we're excited about the youth and the talent on this football team. Uh, we went through the roster the other day, and it was 72 of our 
85 scholarship guys are scheduled to be freshmen or sophomores. <laughs> Again, you know, we're we almost in the same boat as this year. And uh, many, many of those guys are playing for us already, particularly on defense. And so we're optimistic about the future. Can we repeat? I mean, I think it's too early to talk about any of that right now. But uh, we do like the level of talent, particularly the young talent on this football team. And and uh, looking forward to working with them uh, starting this winter. And just to clarify, was Bryson number two and was Jack Quinden available tonight? JJ was available, but Bryson was number two. Yep. We have time for two more questions. We have one up here in the front with the white jacket. Hi, John W. Davis with the Southern California News Group. Uh, this question is for all of you. What is it about Utah football for Coach and Devin and Britton that makes you guys never quit? Um, I think it starts with um, the culture that, you know, Coach Witt sets and uh, he establishes in each and every one of us. Um, and then from the top down, it's just a matter of everybody buying in, you know, assistant coaches buying in, players buying in. And, I mean, it's really, you know, the type of guys that they recruit, you know, we have that underdog mindset where, you know, we're never out of it. And even the higher-rated guys, I mean, it's just, you know, those are the type of guys that he wants in the program and those are the type of guys he gets. And then it's a matter of just really buying in. I think uh, I think this season is kind of a good metaphor for our team, right? Starting off one and two, losing a couple of our teammates, um, battling back through everything. And uh, I think it's just a good metaphor for our team and for life. Uh, I think uh, the reason why our program has that, that identity is because of the stability that Coach Witt's brought to it. We kind of just feed off of him. And then like Devin said, most of us are, you know, one or two star guys coming out of high school. <laughs> a lot of us are and three star guys. And uh, you kind of carry that with you and, and band together. Yeah, just to echo what these guys, uh, their comments. Uh, they have a warrior-like mentality on this football team, and warriors don't quit. That's just the bottom line. Uh, there's a great deal of mental toughness uh, on our squad, and uh, it, you know, and, and the, the players that we recruit into the program learn from the guys that are already there. The standard is set. We have a saying, the standard is the standard, and that's what the expectation is. And the new recruits that come into our program become us. We don't become them, they become us. And we're a mentally tough, physically tough outfit. That's just uh, what we pride ourselves on. We have one last question from the gentleman in the Bruins jersey. Back left. Eric Lampkins, the second Culver City Observer. Um, the passion that you all play with is evident. Result, throw it out the window. What is it that you guys love about the game of football? I'm so, who's that directed to? I'm so, all of you. Go ahead, guys. What do you love about the game of football? Oof. That someone my size can go against someone his size. <laughs> I think that's what I love about football. It's just, you know, you look at someone like Bam Olaseni, uh, you know, what, 6'8", 340 or whatever, and then you look at me, like 5'2", 120, and you just, you put them on the same field, and and you each kind of have a niche, and you, and you, uh, I think that's, what's, that's what I love about it. It gives everybody an opportunity, no matter what body type or whatever it is. It just, it's the ultimate team game where you just take a bunch of different types of players, types of people um, from different backgrounds even in life, and you just put them together and say, make it work. 
Um, starting off for me, you know, when I was first started playing football, you know, I really just played it because I enjoyed it. It was fun, but as the years have progressed, I've really found how much actually comes with football. The, you know, the brotherhood, you know, I mean, that's something that lasts forever. And the life, le the life lessons that it teaches you. So, I mean, football has really changed me as a man just because, you know, it's made me hone in on all the little details and I mean everything translates from the game to real life you know so I would just say I love football because of everything that comes with it. Yeah for me uh, you know it's the ultimate team sport as Britt said the intricate strategies within the game are so complex I don't think even well-versed you know fans don't understand unless they played the game you just don't understand it. Um, it's it's a, a sport where you rely so heavily on each other, uh, and you got so many different body types, like like Britt said. Um, but for me, you know, I've been around it since I was two years old. My father played professionally; he was a coach. I got into coaching after I played. I mean, it's been part of my life forever. But what I will say is. Uh, the chance to develop these young men. And I'm not talking about on the field. We have, we take two, three star players and develop them and, and uh, end up having a lot of them drafted and being able to make a career of this game. But if that's all we did, then we failed. And so our main objective is to develop them as people. And there's so many lessons to be learned in football. Uh, discipline, work ethic, attitude, sacrifice, everything that you learn that can carry them through the rest of their lives is far more important to me than any development that occurs on the field. And so it's, uh, you know, that's, that's my take on that. All right, there is the post game from the press conference. The other big game on Saturday, the Jazz and the Warriors, two of the top three teams in the NBA squaring off. And we'll get to the best of the post game show next. Stay with us. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Utah Jazz play a great third quarter. Stormed the lead over the Warriors. And Golden State is resilient. Golden State is talented. Man, Golden State, these guys are winning 80% of their games, and they are now 3-1 and one against the Suns and the Jazz. They are very good. And they didn't have Draymond Green, and they're getting Klay Thompson back. I mean, they're not playing their best ball yet. Now, you can argue the Jazz aren't either, and the Suns would probably argue they aren't either, and we'll see who's healthy and how this shakes up when they get to the postseason. Man, were the Warriors impressive. They were very impressive. Here's Quinn Snyder after the game. Hey, Coach, what was um, your synopsis of the, of the offensive possessions uh, down the stretch you know, in, the, in, in the five minutes that, that really decided? Well, I, the, you know, we put ourselves in a position, I think, um, based on we figured some things out, I thought, in the third quarter. And, you know, it felt like we got a little tired late. Um, they were physical with us. Um, you know, it's, you, you, you got to work to get good shots. I thought we got some good ones, you know, and, um, we're 14 of 44 from three. We hit a few more threes, you know, we shoot the ball a little bit better. Um, I'd have to watch the tape, Tony, to kind of give you the play by play, um, you know, on, on all those possessions. But I, I think one of the biggest things for us is, you know, even when the game's late for us to continue to try to run and space the floor so that we can, we can attack in space. Um, they're, they're so long, you know, I thought their length, um, you know, particularly when we didn't have as much space, you know, really played an impact um, because they're able to, to do some unique things. 
uh, on the ball. You know, I thought their their on the ball defense was just terrific, and you could really feel it early in the game. Um, I thought we adjusted to that uh, as the game went on. You know, when I look at the fourth, I you know there's some free throws at the end, but I, I I didn't think we were able to get stops, which makes everything harder. You know, if we can get some stops, maybe we can get out and go. But you know, I I, I don't look at this game and, and think lack of execution at the end of the game um, was the difference in the game. You know, I thought you know they're a unique team, and they're going to force you. Um, you're going to have some breakdowns. Um, a few things that we were a step too late or went over and we should have gone under. And, you know, they're a team, especially with Steph late, you know, you top lock him, he comes up the inside on a handoff, gets the handoff and shoots a three over, you know, a seven footer, you, you tip your hat. Um, but that means you got to do all the other things and not have breakdowns in other situations. Cause frankly, that that's going to happen. You know, he's proven that, that he does that. Um, but I also thought, you know, Porter, Wiggins, Peyton, you know, those guys, Looney, those guys played really well, you know, and they deserve to win the game. But, you know, by no means that I feel like, you know, we were, you know, in some respects, the fact that we, you know, really struggled, I thought, in the first half and then came out in the third quarter, um, you know, and did some things a little differently you know, that allowed us to create a little more, um, you know, I, I was pleased with that. And obviously, like I said, we didn't sustain it. And part of the reason we didn't sustain it, you know, was our defense, our defense in the fourth quarter. And that's actually been, you know, a strength. We've, we've, our defense has improved throughout the course of a game, but, you know, I, I thought, uh, I thought it wasn't a perfect game, but I thought it was, a, you know, a really competitive high level game. Well, you with uh, Hassan out tonight, you had to go to a lot of kind of extended looks with uh, small ball lineups, Rudy Gay at the five. Um, what did you see in those stretches? And comparatively, you know, obviously we know Rudy Gobert is one of the best defenders on the planet. What made the stretches where he was in there that much more effective defensively? Well, I think it's kind of self-explanatory that when Rudy's, Rudy Gobert is in the game that – you know, he's able to do some things that, that are that are unique and, and impact the game. And, you know, we're able to defend with, you know, certain schemes that try to take advantage of that. Um, you know, they hurt us with him in the game with um, middle pick and roll. There was a few times early where Looney just got to the rim and, you know, that's on our whole group for not being pulled in and shifted. So we had, you know, those were the types of breakdowns that against a team like this is, you know, it's harder to overcome. And, you know, we haven't played that lineup a lot. We've played it in practice. Um, you know, it's clear that, you know, the, that, that group, you know, hasn't, doesn't have the same continuity. I, I don't, I don't think that would be, you know, expected right now. Um, but obviously, you know, that, 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 that group, you know, being thrown into that situation, particularly on the defensive end, um, you know, is challenging for, for everyone. Andy Larson. Offensively, they really locked you guys down uh, in the first quarter and really first half, really. Uh, and then third quarter, you guys did get more open looks and figured things out. What kind of change there? Well, I think, you know, like I said, the, we, we, were, we weren't able to get the ball into the paint. 
Um, you know, I thought a lot of that started on the ball, um, you know, with their length, with their quickness, they were physical on the ball, um, you know, and really dictated where we weren't getting good things in pick and roll. They were blitzing JC, um, you know, our spacing wasn't great to get off. We've, we've handled the blitz really well, but when you get blitz on the sideline, um, you know, it, it's tougher to get off the ball and take advantage of the two-on-one. So, you know, I, I think those things played a factor. Um, in the second half, we, we were able to open the floor up more. Um, and in large part, um, you know, because we ran more, you know, if, if we can – we can sprint and get down the floor and create spacing early in a possession. You know, it gives our guards a chance to get to the rim, to play in space, to get in the lane and then create. Um, and, and that to me was probably the biggest difference. And then I thought, you know, we ran out of gas a little bit, particularly when, you know, when you're, when they're scoring, it, it's obviously much harder to run. And, you know, that's something that we know, we need to do throughout the course of the game. And I didn't think we were committed to that, um, you know, on, on a possession to possession basis where it was just, it's gotta be so important to us because there, there's a chain reaction there, particularly with our team. There's Quinn Snyder. Here's Rudy Gobert. Hey Rudy. So um, obviously you guys had a ton of success in the third quarter and then things changed bit dramatically in the fourth kind of what was the what was the difference on both ends of the ball as the game uh got into the closing stretch um uh, i think on defense you know we in the third we're getting stops in the fourth uh not as much you know and uh, obviously we had a few turnovers that kind of hurt us and and bring, brought them back in the game but you know uh yeah, they hit, they hit a few shots. I mean, some of the guys that, you know, uh, are not as good as shooters hit some shots too. Uh, you know, they, they, they earned it. They earned it. And, you know, it's, uh, uh, they did a good job, you know, uh, making the shots, the, the tough shots, you know, that, that we're giving them. Eric, do you have one more? Or? Yeah, I'll, I've got a follow-up. Um, with Hassan out tonight, we saw lots of opportunity for you guys to kind of go with the small ball lineup when you were out. Um, it remains a work in progress. Kind of what do you see as like the biggest areas where that lineup uh, still has room for improvement? Um, I mean, on both ends, I think, you know, it's, it's not a lineup that we – we do a lot so obviously you know it's it's not always easy especially on on rudy uh being at the five out there you know and, and having to do a lot uh you know defensively and offensively so it's you know it's uh yeah we can we can learn and hopefully you know every game is an opportunity for us to learn and and, and get better at it you know but uh yeah not having hassan obviously is uh you know, with the way we play, um, it, it hurt us tonight for sure. Sarah Todd? Rudy, do you think at all about, about how the next time that you see them, they might look completely different, you know, with Draymond and Clay in the lineup? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, of course, you know, they're missing some guys. Uh, 
Steph Curry is there, you know, and obviously everything everything they do uh, revolves around him. And, and obviously Drummond, uh, you know, makes guys around him better too uh, on both ends. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, it will be a different game. You know, I, I think we, we can play much better as a team. And, you know, obviously we, we had guys, uh, I mean, we played last night. We, uh, yeah, every game, every night is different, you know, uh, and for us it's really uh, keep getting better. You know, and then yeah, keep keep learning. You know, uh, learning about different situations, learning about how we can you know be better defensively against this team and offensively, and uh, and uh, and yeah, they play they play well. You know, you gotta give them credit. They, they every single guy that they have, you know, is buying in, and and they 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 all play really hard defensively and offensively. They all you know play their role really well, and and Steph is making all those guys you know better and. You know, and 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 it's yeah, it's a good basketball team. Andy Larson, kind of a specific question, but when Andre Iguodala hit that three at the end of the game, you know he's a twenty percent three point shooter. Is that one that you wish you would have closed out on more, or are you just like, hey, you know, tip your cap because it's a you know low percentage shooter making that shot? I mean, uh, basketball, you got to play the, the percentages. Uh, obviously, uh, I try to not give him the easiest shot, so I, I closed down on him. He had to make a pump fake, and, and then he shot it. Uh, everybody knows that uh, when you shoot like that, it's not the easiest of the shot, but he, he made it. So he, once again, you got to give him credit. Uh, my role was to make sure that, you know, he's not able to hit somebody on the back door or... You know, uh, if if he hands it off to Steph, then I'm, I'm able to help. Uh, once again, you know, in, in basketball, you can't guard everything. You gotta give something away. We we chose to give that away, and and he made us pay. So, all credit to him. You know. Sir Todd, Rudy, you've got a. a- a tough month coming up where you're, you're playing against a lot of, you know, the top five teams in both conferences this uh, just through the next few weeks. Um, do you feel like you guys are ready for a stretch like that? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's basketball. We well, hopefully we'll survive, you know, but yeah, uh, one game at a time, uh, no matter who we play every night is an opportunity to, to get better and to win. And, you know, it's uh, as long as we keep taking care of ourselves, stay healthy, you know, I think we will be in great shape. Right, we have time for one more question from Holly Rowe. Hey, Rudy, I wanted to know, you know, this Golden State, Phoenix, the teams that are at the top of the standings in the West, everybody's really looking forward to these matchups. How do you take away from these experiences and learn, but also keep your eye on these are the teams we're going to have to beat down the road for, you know, the playoffs and to get what you want. How do you balance both of these mindsets? I think, I think it's just about being in the moment, you know, and uh, once again, obviously those games uh, mean a little more because of the rankings. And because if we win those games, we got a chance to be the first seed in the, in the West, which is pretty good in a play in a, in, a, in a playoff picture, but at the same time, you know, if we lose those games, we always learn. We always learn. You know, whether we win or we lose, we learn. And you know, and, and we know that uh, we know very well that being the first seed doesn't mean that you're going to win a championship. So, 
you know it's all about what we learn how we you know how we keep getting better as a team and, and you know hopefully we, we get obviously we want the home court advantage and all that but when it's going to be playoff time, it's when we're going to have to play our best basketball. There's Rudy Gobert after the Jazz lose to the Warriors Saturday night. Now here's Mike Conley. Hey, Mike. So um, there's been a lot made about, you know, what Golden State does defensively and just like the problems they present with how long and switchable they are. Kind of what makes them so difficult to play against? Uh, yeah, they have uh, a lot of athletic, you know, long wings and um, – and bigs that can, you know, stretch out and guard, um, you know, one through four, one through five. And uh, when that happens, you know, they, they're able to kind of get you out of your, your sets um, early to where you just kind of have to, to try to find ways to break the paint and make the ball move and not let it stick. Um, they do a good job of getting their hands uh, in passing lanes and, and causing turnovers and getting out in transition which leads to, you know, easier buckets for, uh, you know, all their guys. So uh, give them credit. They're, they're, you know, very, very good defensively. And, and, you know, even without guys who are in the lineup now. Sarah Todd. Mike, you've got a, a tough January schedule coming up. Um, I'm wondering when you, when you have like a lot of games bunched together against like top contending teams, does that create different opportunities for you? Well, I, th- I think they're, they're always great opportunities when we get to play against the, the best in the league, um, especially when we consider ourselves to be in that conversation. We want to, to compete against those guys and, um, and win those games and play in those big games and have those moments because those are the teams that, you know, we're going to have to match up with when, you know, the time comes uh, in the playoffs and, um, and we want to try to get to where we're trying to go. So. Um, when we look at this part of the schedule, it's, it's an opportunity for everybody to, to, you know, really test themselves, challenge themselves uh, in every facet of the game. Each game will be different. Tonight we didn't make a lot of shots. The next night we might make a, a whole bunch of shots and and the story might be different. So, I mean, it's just, um, you know, how we stay consistent through the ups and downs and um, and be ready for the next opponent. Andy Larson. Two questions for you, Mike. First, uh, do you learn something from, you know, a quality opponent like that during the game, or do you feel like you kind of have to wait until you watch film after to really kind of get some key takeaways you can use for the rest of the year? Uh, you learn, you learn stuff during the game. I mean, halftime, we were already making adjustments, um, on certain plays they were, they were, they were running and how to guard stuff in certain situations. And, and even when we were adjusting, you know, they would they would have another adjustment to our adjustment. So I mean, it was a, a chess match through and through, and that's what you get with the the best teams. Um, so you just you're constantly um, learning and adjusting, and and you know, trying to to figure out each other as the game goes on. And then second question, obviously Steph is incredible, but when you guys are playing your best defense against him, what are you guys doing well? I think one where we're communicating, you know, um, it's not easy having that assignment to guard him and because he scores in so many different ways, but they're strictly looking for him. It feels like only so like if he passes it and gets off the ball, he comes right back, back cuts, comes off the other side. And with all that happening, you having somebody behind you being able to communicate and say, you know, switch or, um, me telling somebody else to to switch out, bump out during a during a play. If we can, you know, sniff something out. I mean, all that stuff is important and helpful 
Um, cause at the end of the day, you can do all that, you know, all the talking, all the communication, he'll still score. But as long as we make him work and, and try to make it tougher on him, I think, uh, it gives our, ourselves the best chance to win. Eric Walden. <clears throat> Mike, obviously having, uh, Rudy and Hassan, you know, you guys don't get a whole lot of opportunities to break out the small ball lineup, but with Hassan out tonight, got some extended minutes. Um, what did you see from it? Where is there still room to improve? And, and what do you take from tonight on a night when, you know, everything is kind of thrown off by the Steph Curry factor? Well, yeah, I think, um, you know, you, you don't get too many minutes with, with uh, you know, certain lineups like we've had tonight, but, um, you know, those guys went out there and did the best they could. Obviously, um, it's different without having a, a traditional big and Hassan or Rudy back there because we we base our defense basically solely on, you know, forcing everybody to, to our big. So uh, when that happens, we kind of have to retrain our minds and re- readjust to, you know, remembering not to let your guy, you know, beat you, you know, be in help side. Um, you know, everybody's kind of activated into more of a help help the helper situation as opposed to trying to make it a two-on-two situation with the big and the guard um, like we're accustomed to doing. So it just takes some time to adjust to it. Uh, hopefully we'll get more minutes with those units and, and, and continue to just get better from it. There is Mike Conley after the Jazz Warriors game. Now here is Donovan Mitchell. What were you saying offensively um, in terms of uh, how they were matching up with you, how they were attacking you defensively? I know they had Wiggins on you. I know they had Gary on you. Um, you know, they hit you with different matchups. Were you getting what you want when shots weren't falling or, or did they do anything to bother you, bothered you? Um, first off, got to give those two credit. You know, they're, they're hell of a defenders. Um, Gary Payne making his way back to the league the way he has um, is, is definitely impressive. I got to give him credit. Um, you know, the biggest thing I think, you know, I, I liked a lot of the looks. You know, there's probably out of the 19, I'd probably say three. I wish I could have back. Um, but honestly, those are the same shots I made last night. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's one of those things where I can't sit here and say, man, I, you know, I kind of overthink things, you know, it's the same shots I hit not even 24 hours ago. So, um, I think, you know, just being a ways to impact the game in other ways when the shots not falling and I can't count how many times the ball rolled in and out, you know, and it's not, it's going to happen. Those nights are going to, it's, it's going to, you know, can't go in every night, you know, it's just the, the way the game goes. And, you know, unfortunately it was tonight, but try to get to the line, try to create for others and try to just play things. But, you know, on the same token, got to give them credit. They threw, you know, length and, and uh, Wiggins. And then you had, you know, kind of speed and, and uh, Gary Payton, uh, the, the third or second, whatever his name is. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not too, you know, impressed about that. I think there are a lot of things I, I, I did well, you know, that I can look at, but, you know, sometimes the shot doesn't fall. It's got to impact the game in other ways. Sarah Todd. Donovan, is there maybe more value in a game like this where, mm-hmm. you know, I'm highly competitive against one of you know, the other contending teams in the conference where you, uh, where you can go back and look at it? Is there more value in like what you can see on the tape from maybe this game versus maybe in a different game? Yeah. You know, a lot of things we can take away from this, you know, they did a lot of things that, you know, we, you gotta give them credit. You know, at the end of the day, Steph had 30 or 28, but you know, a lot of the other guys stepped up, you know, and we, we, they shot 50% from three and 50% from the field, you know? So at the end of the day, we, we didn't play our best. You can look at that. We can take a lot of things from this, uh, closing execution, um, 
turnovers, defensive lapses. Those are the things we can take away from a game like this. Luckily, it's early. Um, we just got to come back ready. We got a tough road trip coming up and a tough January coming up. So, you know, this is – I don't want to say it's good that it happened, but this was, you know – you know, it's it's kind of like a I wouldn't say even a wake up call. Not to say we were like you know feeling any type of way, but it's one of those things. You just keep things in perspective and look at the film and just like okay, how can we adjust? How can we fix things? And coming up on this road, should be ready to execute it. Eric Walden, Don, uh, the Warriors are kind of renowned for their switching small ball lineup. You guys are mm -hmm. still yours is still kind of a work in progress. Haven't had a chance to play it too much yet. What makes theirs so good? And and where do you guys still? have the most room to improve with yours? Well, and not like tonight, with Stephen Curry out there, um, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he's the greatest shooter of all time. So when he's on the floor, especially when we're in a lineup where we're still working on things, it's it's a different game plan for him. And then on top of that, we're doing something we kind of still, still working through the kinks and whatnot. So, you know, um, there's so many different things that, that – and there's so much pressure he puts on a defense uh, when Rudy Gobert's out there. So then you take him out and you put, you know, Rudy Gay and not nothing against Rudy Gay. We just haven't worked on it. We have, we got to continue to, to build and we're not looking to be perfect by January 1st um, at all. You know, we did some things well. Uh, I think in that third quarter, we did a lot of things well. We got stops and we pushed and ran. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is, I personally feel like, you know, when, when it's, it's a different small ball defense when you're guarding Stephen Curry you know, versus a different team, you know, because they're not running certain actions. He's nonstop movement. All he, he demands so much attention. So um, it's, it's things we can take away, but you know, the fact that, you know, he's out there definitely gives them, a, 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 it, it gives us things we can look at. So for the next time when we play him, but um, it's a different, what I'm trying to get as is a different, uh, different game plan tonight than most teams. Holly Rowe. Hey, Coach mentioned how their length is a was a big issue tonight and, and something that he thought was a major factor in the game. Keys to shooting well against length and moving the ball well against length that you can learn from moving forward. Holly, you're everywhere, aren't you? You you, you do it all. I don't give you credit. <laughs> I was pretty sure I saw you on TV earlier today, but um no, I think, you know, when you play against, you know, a guy like Iguodala, um, Toscano Anderson, uh, Otto Porter, Wiggins, you know, sometimes that first look is going to be the shot. You know, Looney as well down there. Sometimes that first look is going to be the shot. Um, or sometimes it's not two dribbles, it's one dribbling kick. Um, and being able to take that that quick three, that quick shot, because sometimes you take that second dribble, you get into the paint. Now you got all these bodies uh, around you. And it makes the decision tougher. Uh, and we're a decision and kind of a read-based team. And it makes those reads tougher when you, you know, they, they close out the way they do. So sometimes it's just a quick decision, whether it's a shot or a go. And sometimes it's just less dribbles or sometimes it's not a shot fake, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I think that's that's the biggest thing against teams like this who, who have length like that, like they do. Um, just making the, the, the quicker reads. Um, and we've been, we've been pretty solid with it. You know, tonight, like I said, we didn't shoot well. We... We didn't, we didn't play our best, uh, but, you know, they did a good job. All right, there's Donovan Mitchell. There is the best of the postgame show. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are next. Stay with us.